0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios.
1: I'm Carrie Nolan. It's Monday, January 9th, and time for WQXR's Washington Report Online. Joining us now, as he does every Monday, is David Sanger, Chief Washington Correspondent for The New York Times. Good morning, David. Morning, Carrie. David, you're in Cairo just about a year after the uprising that deposed a longtime American ally, President Hosni Mubarak. Now, today, Mubarak is on trial, facing the death penalty, and the country is trying to figure out what democratic elections are all about. How does it look? Well, it
0: looks pretty normal on the streets, Kerry, but it looks pretty chaotic in both the political and economic life of the city. Uh, The elections are just about over, and it's clear that the Islamist parties have won a very big victory, which is pretty remarkable when you consider that they weren't the ones out in the square uh, a year ago. Uh, The secularists who uh, really led the demonstrations have proven to be a pretty ineffective political force. And the country is headed toward a pretty big economic crisis. It's basically running through cash very, very fast, and investment has dried up. So many Egyptians are right now worried about what's coming, and particularly what the power sharing is going to be like between the military, which has run the interim government, And the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, which uh, won probably the most seats in this new parliament of about 500 people. And then a much more conservative Islamic uh, group, the Salafis, whose role is still pretty unclear to us.
1: Well, tell us a bit about the Muslim Brotherhood. Many in Washington are concerned that they're going to pull Egypt in an Islamist and maybe even a fundamentalist direction. Have you talked with anyone from that organization? I have,
0: Kerry. I spent yesterday over at the party headquarters for the Muslim Brotherhood, a sort of decrepit building on on the Nile. Uh, They've had a lot of high-powered visitors recently. Uh, John Kerry came over with the American ambassador, and Patterson, the Chinese, the Russians, the Indians. They're all coming over to try to figure out what the Muslim Brotherhood agenda should be. Now, I met uh, some of the leadership of the Muslim Brotherhood there, and they talked a very good line, a line Washington would want to hear. They say that they're being very pragmatic about the future. They understand the importance of maintaining old commitments, including the uh, Egyptian uh, treaty with uh, Israel uh... and they talked a lot about economic development and very little about the social issues that you hear uh... so much about but we can't tell how much of that is talk and how much of that also is the pragmatism of a group of leaders who have not yet had to go put together a real party that governs in the parliament and remember about eighty five percent of the people who have just been elected to the parliament have never before served in public life so There are going to be a lot of bumps in the road here, and we really don't know whether or not the Muslim Brotherhood is going to try to pull the country in a very uh, Islamic right uh, direction.
1: David, what do we know about the Salafis?
0: The Salafis got about 25 percent of the vote, and they are a much more fundamentalist group. And frankly, the Muslim Brotherhood members I spoke to were somewhat surprised that the Salafis had done so well. Now, they insisted to us that, in fact, they would bring the Salafis back toward the middle and that you don't need to worry about Egypt adopting laws immediately that would ban drinking in the hotels or impose some kind of Sharia law or uh, try to make sure that uh, us all cover up on the beaches. But you know that these social issues, which are a big issue for the Salafis, are going to come up in a very recurrent fashion. You already see some of that in the newspapers here. And it's unclear uh, how the Muslim Brotherhood and the Salafis are going to get along. It it almost seemed as if the very conservative Salafis were a big headache for the Muslim Brotherhood.
1: Finally, David, what's Tahrir Square like these days?
0: You know, I was just there a few hours ago. Uh, the military has built up uh, big cinder block walls, in the streets off of the square that lead down to the major government ministries, to the American Embassy, which is now surrounded by uh, barbed wire at the ends of the, the streets in front of it. Uh, so it looks uh, pretty much like an encampment awaiting the surge of protesters. And those protesters may well arrive on January 25th, which will be the one year anniversary. Um, at the same time, you get a sense that the local police really don't have a very good sense of how you do crowd control and how you prevent the kind of violence that periodically has flared up uh, in the square. Today, it was quite quiet. There were people just out selling their wares. There were a few tourists walking around, people coming in and out of the Egyptian Museum, the the very famous museum that's just off the square.
1: Thanks a lot, David. Thank you, Kerry. New York Times Chief Washington Correspondent David Sanger. I'm Carrie Nolan, and that's The Washington Report on Classical 105.9 FM, WQXR.